Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, folks. And for those of you that listen a lot, which is a lot of you, I know, and I'm appreciative of you, you might remember show 604, where we had an awesome, awesome lady. I've had so much good feedback on Carrie on that show. She was the lady that at the 44-minute mark of that show absolutely blew everyone away. Well, this is not her back again, but this is actually (laughs) the lady that put me in touch with her. So we have today's guest, Annika, to thank for Kerry. Annika, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marcus, for having me. Mate, we... I think you first walked into my gym literally about three weeks after we opened the gym that I'm in right now, about oh, seven no. years ago. Yeah, I think that's, that's the first time we sort of met each other, right? It's been that long. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's been that long. That's mad. But mate, tell us, you are in the States. You've, you've moved to Austin. Give us a little bit of background. How did you get there? You've got a connection with Dubai. Give us who yeah. you are and what's going on. Okay, so I um, I was born in London, spent my childhood between there and Dubai, um, family business was in Dubai. So I, I was in Dubai very much when a lot of people hadn't heard of it, basically. It was in the late 90s, um, went to school there, had a great childhood upbringing, um, was quite sporty. I think the life there is quite conducive to being active. Um, and then moved back to London to finish school um, and stayed there until a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, and I'm now in Austin, Texas. Um, had multiple career paths, uh, spent lots of time working in marketing, um, always been keen on staying fit. Um, but, you know, that that journey's kind of taken lots of twists and turns over the years. Um, yeah, lots of lessons. I'm now, I'm now 32. So, um, yeah, I think it's taken some time to kind of find my niche, but. So let's talk, I I mean, let's jump into that. Your, your Instagram handle and folks need to go and check out what's going on over there is yoga for the athlete. I want to talk about this because I love what you put out and I love what you're doing. We were saying this before we started recording. Give us a little bit of background on how that's come around. Okay, so um, in short, I, um, I kind of dropped off the staying active bandwagon um, for a while. And then in my early 20s, I thought, you know, I want to do something. I want to train for something. So... I started running um, and got really into it. Um, obviously, when you're 22, you know, you have no concept of what recovery, mobility, stretching even is. And so um, I ran and I ran a lot and I loved it. Signed up for a marathon, did that within a year, um, had a great time, did a bunch of other challenges, did the three peaks challenges, which is where you have to climb the three highest peaks in the UK within 24 hours. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I lost some toenails, had a great time, um, and got got quite addicted to just kind of challenging myself. But obviously with that comes, you know, the niggles, the little aches and pains. And I didn't, I kind of just carried on training through them, to be honest. As I said, I think in your early 20s, we're just kind of um, blind to a lot of it and don't really want to take notice of it, train through it. Got into um, Barry's boot camp, which I think 
a lot of people would have heard of by this point. And you actually interviewed one of my friends, Alex, a couple yeah. of years ago on the podcast and Barry's. So got into Barry's and that's obviously HIIT training, um, lots of high intensity work on a treadmill, um, great workout. But again, I did a lot of it. Um, so I started getting injured. Um, and at that point, I started strength training with Alex, um, personal training with him. And he just said, you know, basically, mate, you need to calm down and you're going to burn yourself out within five years if all you're doing is running outside and doing HIIT training. There's really no need. Um, to be honest with you, I was always quite naturally lanky and didn't have much muscle. And to be honest, Marcus, I was actually a bit scared of strength training. I think a lot of yeah. girls are. Um, yeah. When they first step into the gym, you know, they kind of, even now, just stick to the cardiovascular machines and just kind of look at the guys in the corner lifting weight and aren't really sure who to ask or what to do. And I used to just go into the gym and spend an hour on the treadmill and, and thought that that was training. Right. Um, and I kind of look back on that now and think, gosh, like, that was, you know, a different person. And that was, that was about 10 years ago. Right. Um, so I started strength training with Alex. He actually was my main inspiration behind getting strong, lifting weight, um, enjoying getting strong and not being scared of, I was really basic. I was getting, I was scared of, you know, getting bulky and getting big and all this crap that you see on, whether it's social media, I guess at the time it was more kind of images that you saw in magazines. And I think for me, it was also just subconsciously messages that you're fed from older generations and yeah. people like your parents, people around you, kind of ideas of what, you know, the perfect body for a female should look like. And bless my mom and my family and my friends. But, you know, I think that generation in particular had a very different idea of what, a, a strong female body or what a female body in general should look like or what a good strong body is. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I kind of started to change my um, perception around training. Um, and I slowly got into doing yoga. Um, at the time it was very much about kind of injury prevention and balancing things out. Um, my mom's the yoga instructor she's been a yoga instructor now for about 20 years she actually first got into it when we were in Dubai um so she's been a big inspiration of mine um from a yoga perspective and then it finally got to a stage just over two years ago when I thought I was also kind of professionally um between things wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next um, and I thought, I'm just going to take some time out and do my teacher training. Whether I do anything with it, I'm not sure. Can't really see myself as a teacher, to be honest. But if anything, it will be good for my development, for my self-development, to develop my practice, all that kind of stuff. So I looked at options for teacher training. There were lots of options in London, some of the best yoga schools in London. And I just thought, sod it, I'm going to ship myself off to India for two months. Wow. And my mum was like, I think you need to think this through. You know, you're, you're very much, you know, sheltered. And this wasn't even in a main city in India, which I had been to before. But again, just with my parents. This was um, in the Himalayas, 
way outside of any kind of main city um, in the middle of nowhere. And I just thought, no, if I ever do anything with this qualification, I want it to be authentic. I want it to be with one of the best schools that's out there. I want to learn properly and I, and I want to go to the source. So I went to the Himalayas for two months, which wow. in short was however cheesy it sounds. It was life changing. It really was. Um, it put a lot of things in, into perspective. It was very much a time of growth. And it felt like I was there a lot longer because it was so intense and you're just kind of immersed into this life of yoga. It's not even just about the physical practice anymore. You're just kind of living, breathing, eating, sleeping yoga day to night. So, um, yeah, I'd say from then it's kind of really taken off for me. Amazing. You, you're, you actually, you nearly got the record. I had a guy the other day, you might listen to the show and he was 20 minutes for the intro. I think you've just done 10. You're, you're amazing. I love guests like this. It's so good. <laughs> it was, um, oh, I can keep talking. I can um, talk you're so, well, I'm going to ask you loads more questions. So it's so good. I love it when people give such a great introduction with such a cool story because it, it really helps to sort of set things up. So thanks, thanks yeah. for that, mate. I want to, I've, I've, definitely got some questions based around what you said. The first one is I want to talk because I think this is going to bring so much value for people. I want to talk about something that you said, which is perceptions around strength training for females. Let's dig yeah. a little bit deeper into that. What did you, you, you said something about your, about your mom, you said, and, and you, you know, you said about your physique and you said a few mm -hmm. different things there. Let's talk a little bit about that, mate, because I think that's really important for the female listeners. Yeah. Um, so I would say kind of late teens, early twenties, the general fad or what I'd kind of grown up with up until that point was basically that skinny was cool. Like skinny was attractive. Um, and that's kind of what I was, but I had, I didn't have any muscle definition or, um, as I said, I was intimidated by the gym. And when I first started strength training, I actually felt really great. And the other thing for me is that I love to learn new things and I love to be challenged. So for me, there was so, there was this whole world of stuff to learn. Um, and my mom and kind of people around me, I remember family members also saying, oh, you know, like, make sure you don't get too big. You know, don't, you know, you don't want to get too big. You don't want to look manly. And, you know, bless their souls. It was never from a, malicious standpoint or anything like that it's just this conditioning that we have right these stories that we're brought up with and that we tell ourselves that women should look a certain way and for me it wasn't even about aesthetics at that point I was just having a great time and I think it's really important if nothing else to have variety I think a lot of people fall off their fitness bandwagon because they get bored yeah. um, and I would say if you're not sure of what to do, get a coach. You know, having Alex for me was amazing. Not, not just from a learning perspective, but just, you know, to guide me, to inspire me. Someone to talk me, to, right? Yeah. Yeah, someone to talk to, someone to remain accountable with too. Yeah. Um, and then over time, I no longer needed that. I, uh, I checked in with him and, and I, I just got on with training on my own. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah i think i think it's really hard to be um to not to not be influenced by things especially now that we see on social media to not feel like we need to look a certain way or do certain things and i would say it's got taken to my 30s to really feel comfortable in my own skin to be honest with you how have you done that then because that was sort of going to be my next question because you you said something there about like it, what other people think and stuff and you, you've come yeah. nicely to the point like how have you i want to i think there's something that's going to come out of your time in the himalayas but that might be the answer but how yeah. how, how do you feel like how have you achieved that um I think for sure, um, spending time, spending an extended period of time, just essentially in self-reflection, practicing yoga, um, you know, we would wake up at 4.30 in the morning um, to meditate and then chant and then practice yoga and then eat and then we'd be given some kind of lecture on um, anatomy, physiology, um, the philosophy behind yoga. Then we would practice more yoga. Then we would eat, meditate, sleep. And it was that for eight weeks. So you're so, I mean, when I got there, it was a 14 hour bus ride from Delhi. And I just thought, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like I'm, I'm I'm not going to survive this. This is, this is a lot to deal with. Um, got there middle of nowhere dark we were told that we would be woken up at 4 30 literally a guy with a bell ringing his bell going round the corridors to wake us up at 4 30 in the morning wow. and i just felt so out of sorts it was very daunting felt so disconnected but within time that disconnection became comfortable and i thought actually yeah. this is really nice it really makes you step back and think about what's what's important and I'll be honest with you when I when I got there I felt a little bit insecure because I out of 70 people it was probably 55 girls I looked nothing like any of them I was gonna say that that was that was actually gonna be one of the questions I I just wrote it down as you were talking like yoga background like do you have to be flexible to get on this course like all of these thoughts Mm. are coming into my mind but you say that you're nothing like anyone else yeah I mean I I was interviewed before I was accepted on the course and it was I had enough um experience in terms of practicing yoga and understanding of yoga to get onto it there were no kind of flexibility requirements as such but most people that go on to yoga teacher training their main their main form of training as such is yoga so a lot of these girls look like yogis and i remember a lot of them especially the guys on the course looking at me like saying you know those shoulders are not from yoga like what else do you do (laughs) um and i remember feeling like oh I don't know if I belong here. Like they all looked like yogis. A lot of them were super flexible, super mobile. And I'm just not that, you know, I've chosen to very much keep my strength training and my conditioning at, you know, place just as much importance on that as my yoga because I love it. Um, and it's actually very beneficial to a yoga practice, which we can come on to. But at the time I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a lot of the stuff these people can do. Um, and the fact is that 
I couldn't because a lot of them have super mobile spines, yeah. you know, so they have like super flexible hips. So they can easily get into, particularly with balancing poses, they can just kind of flip into those poses. For me, I very much have a process. I need to work into them and I certainly need to be warm to do it. So um, I learned lots of things when I was there. And over the time that I was there, I started to think, actually, my, my strength is actually really helping. You know, I might take longer to get into a headstand or a forearm balance. I don't have the range of motion to just kind of flip up from the ground into mm. some of these poses. But once I'm in it, I can kind of hold it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I realized that I could use my strengths to my advantage in my practice. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of actually, maybe I am unique and I can yeah. kind of own this. and started to think about what I could do with it um so yeah you are very unique mate it's uh it, it, it's incredible and I think there's a little bit more deep stuff to come from this so I'm going to ask you another question that I think has okay. a, a little bit more to it because you said like you, you said like you felt you didn't belong there now yeah we, we sort of hear this quite a lot don't we like because and I'm I'm not trying to paint a bad picture, but you were looking at the other people and they could do things and you maybe looked a little bit different and then you start. Yeah. But so my question is like, where do we actually belong? Like where do we belong and what, by what rules do we belong? Because I'm pretty sure after like the time there or, or maybe within a week or maybe, maybe not at all. Maybe you felt like you belonged with those people. So there's this sense of wanting to belong and wanting to fit yeah. in. How, how do you see it? Um, I think that <laughs> that's what life is all about, right? We want, we ultimately want connection with people. Yes. Um, and I think if you are really able to sit back and fill up your own cup, as they say, yeah. you can then give back to others, you know? Yeah. If you're able to sit back and think, you know, what is my actual purpose? You know, what do yeah. I actually want to do? Yeah. Then I think that really allows for room to connect with other people. And that, and that was where I started realizing, actually, maybe I can teach and maybe I can just not, I'm going to be a bit controversial, but not be like lots of other basic yoga teachers and just like, yeah. Yeah. just like, just like personal trainers, you know, I think it's, it's pretty easy to get a qualification, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's, what, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what you do with it. Yeah. Um, and but so I thought, you know, yeah, I think, I think it, it gets, it, it requires um, feeling comfortable with yourself, which is, it's daily work and it's much easier said than done. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. One one thing you said there, which, and it's not a war against uh, personal trainers versus yogis, but you're right, mate. That like personal trainers, you can get qualification in a weekend, and you can kind of start training. Yeah. CrossFit's done a nice job of really screwing that up. Are we seeing this yeah. something similar coming through? with yogis though or with i don't know are we allowed to call them yogis or yoga teachers or you know yeah. I, I see a lot of yoga teachers that I'm, i mean 
I'm judging it a little bit from the outside. Listen, I've, I've been yeah. in yoga for like maybe two years and I'm not mm-hmm. super committed and I go for, you know, to try and move a little bit better. But during yeah. that time, I've seen some, yeah, some quite average people give the class and they're not, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it's, it, it's quite weird. So it, are we seeing like just people getting qualified for yoga for the sake of it or how, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think yoga has, um, it's taken on so many different forms now. And I think to a large extent, it's definitely a fad um, in terms of the different styles of yoga that are coming out. I mean, if you're you're really, you know, objective about it, vinyasa flow is, isn't real yoga, to be honest. It's, I mean, if you go to India, they don't refer to any yoga practice as vinyasa flow. Like they don't really know what that is. Vinyasa flow is inspired by Ashtanga yoga, which is what I trained in. Ashtanga yoga is a very traditional, authentic form of yoga from India. Vinyasa flow is kind of a watered down version of that, if you will. Um, I can't believe how I'm getting insulted here because that's all I've been doing. So I've been doing the watered-down version. Mate, you're supposed you to be my friend. Version, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm not hardcore. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so funny. It's like a revelation because in Austin, yeah. most classes are vinyasa flow. Right. And so when I was interviewing for, for teaching jobs here, they were asking me what I was trained in and people that were interviewing me didn't even know what I was talking about. And I just, I had a moment where I was just like, what the hell is going on? I need to bring some like real yoga to this joint because no one knows what the F they're doing, to be honest. Um, And I kind of did my research, went to tons of classes in Austin, saw what was kind of going on. And I just thought, it's a little bit disappointing, but there's big opportunity here because it's clearly still a growing market and there's not a, enough education. I feel like lots of people are going off to get their 200 hour teacher training from wherever. Mm. Um, and, you know, you can get qualified in Vinyasa Flow, which for me is a bit weird because it's not even <laughs> a real thing. And then you can just come back and teach it. Wow. So there's like this whole world of knowledge out there. And people wow. are kind of acquiring this tiny kind of pinhead. That's crazy. And then putting their own kind of spin on it and then sharing it. And I just think there's so much more to the practice of yoga than, than that. Than that, yeah. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about what you do. So what, what do you actually now, what do you teach? And, and, I, and I also want to move into sort of how you train as well, because folks that do go uh-huh. check out your Instagram, which I'll link to all of this in the show notes. And, you know, they'll see that you're lifting heavy barbells. So I don't know which order you want to go. And maybe tell us what your training looks like at the moment, maybe what a week looks like and maybe what goals you you have around training. And then maybe we move into your teaching after. Okay. So um, I'm a member of a powerlifting gym here. So um, I've always had days in the week where I will do... I do lots of squats, like variations of squats, lots of leg work, lots of glute work, deadlifts. Um, lots. I've incorporated much more body weight training, just getting really efficient at, you know, pull-ups, you know, working with my own body. And I think that's massively underrated, especially with girls. Um, yeah. 
and um, yeah, I, I throw in um, some endurance training too. So it's quite well-rounded. Right. Um, and I have I have one or two kind of more bodybuilding focused days as well. Um, and then in addition to that, obviously, I, I will do some form of yoga every single day. Oh wow! Um, How long I'm for? Super- I mean, at least 15 to 20 minutes. And that could just be like really restorative, like nothing, nothing crazy. Um, It's just to find space in my body. If I'm, if I'm spending that much time in the gym, for me, it doesn't make sense to not do it. Um, And then I'll have, I'll have a day where I do at least a day where I do a much stronger yoga practice. And for me, that in itself is is enough from a physical standpoint because as well as you know focusing on the mindfulness and restoring the body if you want it to be yoga can actually be really hard and physically yeah. challenging so yeah. yeah that's that's kind of what i do and what how do you do you, do you have goals around it how do you maybe measure progression because what you sound like sounds awesome because you do a little bit of everything you know, you still lift weights, you, you take quite mm-hmm. good care of your body. How does it go or how do you find like the motivational side as far as, you know, to, is there a way to measure it? How are you measuring different things to stay motivated to continue all of those different angles? Yeah, so I definitely measure my progress in the gym. Um, not just from a strength perspective, from a muscle endurance perspective, um, from an overall fitness perspective, I'm, I'm constantly tracking how I'm doing. Um, yeah. I love to weightlift as well. I think it's super fun. Yeah. Um, so, and, I, and I think with something like that, it's just a discipline that you can never really be. There's always things to improve. Yeah, so sure. I guess, you know, for me, it's never boring. Um, with yoga, yeah, definitely. I have goals. I mean, there are certain things I just know I'm never going to be able to do in this lifetime. Um, again, because it's a mobility thing. So, um, you know, again, you'll see really cool pictures on Instagram of yogis in like a scorpion pose, which is standing on their forearms with their legs all the way over their body and their toes touching their head. Now I'm, I, I I can hold a scorpion pose. I'm actually pretty good at it now because I've practiced and practiced and practiced. My toes do not touch my head. Because I have a degree of muscles in my back, like that's just a fact, you know, there's only so mobile that my spine can get. Um, But, you know, I'm okay with that because um, I I, I haven't seen many videos. I've seen lots of pretty pictures. I haven't seen many videos (laughs) of women holding scorpion for a long period of time. And that's where, you know, the strength in yoga comes in. So, um, yeah, for for me, it's about finding that kind of, perfect balance which i'm always kind of tweaking and working on do you do you have weeks or maybe even months sometimes where you're a little bit more into one thing maybe it's a little bit more powerlifting or mm. you know endurance side or do you tr- do you keep it quite balanced throughout i like to keep it quite balanced throughout to yeah. be honest i find i find that's what works for me right uh, yeah yeah so it's now when it, when it comes to 
teaching. Tell us a little bit because your Instagram, obviously your Instagram handle is yoga for the athlete. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that and, and why people okay. should go and check it out as a resource and what you actually, you know, what you actually teach over there in the States. Okay. Okay. So when I got here, I started, um, as I said, like looking around at teaching opportunities and I felt a little bit demotivated to be honest. So I was saying to my husband, you know, all they teach her is vinyasa flow. And my, my mom, I, she's incredible. So she, she's trained in Iyengar, which is another, it's like, it's like the God of, you know, yoga disciplines. No um, and she, um, she spent years training in Iyengar. So she knows her stuff. So she's very much like, darling, darling, darling. I really, I don't know if Austin is the place, you know, I mean, you need to be, you need to be in London. And I was saying, you know, maybe my mum's right. Like, all they have here is vinyasa flow. There's no kind of variety on schedules. I don't know if I really want to teach this. And my husband actually said to me, you know what you should do? You should approach CrossFit boxes and gyms about teaching yoga. And there was a box here. I don't know if you've heard of it, Marcus. There's a box here called um, Jakahu, CrossFit Jakahu. No, no. Um, so they, they had just introduced the yoga program and they already had an instructor and all of that stuff. And he was like, you know, why don't you approach Carrie at CrossFit Central? And her box is literally a mile away from where I live. And I had trained there over the years that I had been visiting my husband in Austin. So I knew her quite well. Yeah. And I just thought, yes, I'm just going to send her a message. And I said, look, are you interested in introducing a yoga program? for the box and for your members. I think it could be quite cool. And she got back to me straight away and she was like, yeah, come in, let's do a session together. Show me what you've got and we'll talk about it. No, I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, shit, she actually wants to do this. And he was like, you know, we were talking about it and I was like, you know, what, what can I do with her? I need to take her through a one-on-one -on -one, kind of show her what I would do with the members. And it was, it was very much, authentic yoga but mobility focused really slow and obviously I knew what I was doing because I train a lot so Evan was just my husband Evan was like I don't know why you're freaking out so much about this like you just need to go through with her what you do for yourself every yeah, day after yeah, you train. of course <laughs> and I was like yeah you're right like I don't know why you're freaking out so much about this like this is so me like this is completely up my street yeah. So, um, did that with her. She loved it. And she was like, let's, let's start doing classes. Um, um, yeah, it was really that simple. And this was, um, just at the end of last summer. Um, and I said to her, you know, what should we call this class? I would, I would think, you know, that it should be open to non-members as well, because if we can get people who aren't members of CrossFit Central through the door, because of this class, it's great for you. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I think Austin needs something that's not just vinyasa flow. And it doesn't have to just be for people who do CrossFit. It can be for people who train in general. It can even be for people who sit at a desk all day and are just really tight, which actually is most people. You know, we look down at our phones and have messed up necks because yeah. that's all we do. And we sit at a desk and we drive and... I think it could be good for a real variety of people. So she was like, yeah, we'll open it up to non-members. Why don't we call it yoga for the athlete? 
Wow. And that's how it started. Um, so... And yeah, we've been we've been doing that class at CrossFit Central ever since. Um, and I also teach at the University of Texas. Um, I'm there most of the time now. And we've also introduced the concept there, which is really great because we're looking at 18 to 21 year olds, you know, people who are super young and getting to know about this stuff much earlier on than I did. So yeah, that's, that, that's really great. Talking yeah. about in, in, in the CrossFit environment, in CrossFit Central, because I think this might resonate with a lot of our listeners. Obviously, we have a lot of people that are, are CrossFit yeah. that listen to the show. How, how frequently do you teach? How often would people come to your classes? Is, is it something they'll drop into once a week? or And how will they mix it up with their program? For you, just sort of make for your like, general gym member, really. Yeah, so generally, I would say that they'll do CrossFit three times a week and they'll come to my yoga class once okay that's the general they'll they'll and it's 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 an hour-long um stretch mobility flow we do 10 to 15 minutes of breath work and meditation so it's very much about just overall slowing down relaxing the nervous system um there's a big focus on kind of working in and mindfulness not just moving around Nice. Um, yeah, we just lie down for 10 to 15 minutes and do breath work and, and mindfulness, you know, getting rooted down into the ground, yeah. um, and just, you know, getting them to work on their breath. You know, most people don't even breathe properly, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, that's a massive, know, that's a that's a massive issue, isn't it? Like that's one yeah. thing I, I actually learned a lot when I, when I started yoga, sort of focusing on 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 breath and yeah and then i mean there's loads of apps as well that help you to breathe better and it sounds yep. weird like i need an app to breathe better but yeah most of us yeah. do an app to breathe better don't we oh my husband my husband uses an app I, he won't mind me saying this because we're super open about it so he um has always had anxiety Right. And it's just, it's just something that he's learned to cope with. And since meeting me, obviously, his life has got much better. Yeah, but, I was going to um, say, you, you cured it all, right? You didn't, you didn't add to any of his anxiety at all. Like you, it's, no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but um, honestly, Marcus, he goes upstairs into my yoga room when he gets home from work in the dark for 10 minutes. I have a bunch of yoga props he gets into a restorative pose so his body's opening up but it's completely passive and he puts on some kind of meditation mindfulness app to help him with his breath and he just does that for 10 to 15 minutes wow. every day and that alone as a daily ritual discipline has brought his anxiety way down seriously yeah. and People in America, especially, are obsessed with popping pills, taking medication, like telling themselves that things are wrong with them. And, you know, anxiety is a real thing. It really is. But yeah, yeah. You, you need to look at alternative ways sometimes of dealing with things. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I, can be, I can be quite harsh sometimes. I know that's hard to believe. Well, maybe it's not. But yeah. I, I used to say to him, like, you know, just stop being a dickhead. Like, just, just sort yourself out. Yeah. And he was like, I need some tools, you know, I need some tools. So I gave him the tools and he's like, actually, 
this is really helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because anxiety, in in a way, anxiety is just a glorified version of what we all have, and that's this this mind that just doesn't stop working. It's just thinking nonstop from the time we wake up to the time we sleep, yeah. and at its core, that's what yoga is. It's about just, you know, getting some stillness. Yeah. And when you, when you open the way for that stillness, it opens up to so many more possibilities. You've absolutely nailed it there, mate. Like, it's, it, I think it is crazy. Like, you, you used an example there that people go and pop pills and they'll do this, that, or the other. And it was beautiful how you explained, like, what he does when he gets home and it's just 10 minutes. And, but he goes into a room that has, is the right environment. Mm-hmm. He sits in, in, in a couple of poses that are just very passive, but just promote that relaxation and that almost detoxification yeah. of the day that he might have had. And within 10 minutes of just focusing yeah. on breath, he's like probably a completely different human as well, which is just totally amazing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, very and that's, I would say to anyone, do something some kind of discipline that promotes mindfulness. It doesn't have to be yoga. It can be Tai Chi. It can be um, anything that makes you slow down and just take a step back. Yeah. And that, you know, that allows space. And when you have space and you're not stressed out from, you know, all the stories and thoughts in your head, you're probably going to be a nicer person to be honest. And it's, it filters out into everything in life, into yeah. your job, into your relationships, into everything. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Very, very solid advice. I want to move on from that and I want to hit you up a little bit about food because we're seeing, obviously, in the yogi world, an increasing number of yogis thinking that they must also be vegans. How do you eat? <laughs> What's the story? Oh, God. Um, this is actually quite funny because um, <laughs> obviously there's been a ton of um, exposure on this Game Changers documentary yeah. and my mum, again, bless her soul, she's going to have a go at me for giving her so much shit on this, but <laughs> I love her so much. She messaged, she messaged my husband, um, we, have, we have a WhatsApp group thing she messaged us addressing my husband saying just watch game changers i hope you eat lots of beetroot because you know that increases your bench by however many percent and i was like oh god no mom you're not you're not buying into this garbage um and it just goes to show i think in this industry because we're quite clued up and we take such an interest in educating ourselves i think we take for granted the fact that some people who are, who are super close to us and who are actually super smart will still buy into these extreme ideas because they're packaged up in the way that they are. Yeah. And it's actually really annoying. And it's the same thing with veganism, plant-based, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I think most people, especially in America, if you look at the all-American diet, it's obviously terrible. all you need to do is take you know take tiny steps to make that a bit better you know most people just need to get up go for a walk and not have three donuts for breakfast so why are you getting worked up about you know being plant-based yeah yeah um 
people people buy into fads and try and do them and then fail and that's i mean that's the problem with so much in this industry um i personally love um animal protein i eat quite a lot of it it works for me um i eat tons of plants most of my food is obviously natural stay away from too many processed food but it's quite simple um and you don't need to overcomplicate it when i was in india obviously everything we ate was vegetarian and it was fine for the activity that i was doing but when i got back and i got back into strength training i i thought you know i i it's not quite suitable for me to just live off plants i need i need animal protein for for fuel and for you know just for my optimal um energy levels and body composition all of that and i and i think everyone should experiment a little bit and everyone should do their own research and educate themselves because whilst there's a lot of great information out there there's also a lot of shit (laughs) especially on social media did you did you find uh, interesting that that obviously the you know they make you or make you or that you were vegetarian when you were when you yeah. were layers did you find because obviously a lot of that's around sort of mental clarity and stuff that that is believed to and has been believed for, for hundreds of years by by yogis yeah. did you feel a massive impact um i would say so but i think that was because of just the whole package the whole experience yeah whether 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 what i was eating massively contributed to that i don't know right um i was i was complaining to my husband a lot because by nature um a lot of vegan and vegetarian diets are quite high in carbohydrate particularly if you want to get enough protein yeah and i was like oh, i don't know how many more you know lentils and beans i can eat yeah, um, without shitting my pants. So, exactly. <laughs> like, I was like, there's, yeah. there's a farting problem going on here, and yeah, yeah. it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. It was fine for the time. But, you know, I remember coming back um, to London via Dubai, and Jesus, the first training session I did was a weightlifting class with Carmen in a fight. Right. And I thought, um, yeah, I'm not as strong as I was eight weeks ago. I might pass out on this gym floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I thought, you know, I, I'm definitely incorporating animal protein back into my diet. It did make me think I probably don't need as much as I was eating. Right. Um, right. And it helped me kind of rebalance things out. Yeah. But, um yeah, I'm a yogi, but I'm not about I'm not about the vegetarian or the vegan life. But that's probably to do with the fact that I I go to the gym a lot and I I just have you know needs that lots of other yogis don't. So I think it's very individual. And mate, I think just, you, yeah. you 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 do bench press, you do deadlifts, and you smash protein shakes. You're all good. <laughs> that's why we're still having exactly. a conversation. Like it's all good. <laughs> Um, I've got, exactly. I've got two more questions for you, mate. One of them, you said okay. something earlier and you said, I think during your time in the Himalayas, when, when you're on this sort of yoga training, you said you figure out what's important to you. What did you figure yeah. out in that time where you were sort of disengaged with a lot of what the world has and very engaged with yourself? What did you realize was important yeah. to you as an individual? 
Um, for me, mostly relationships. Um, I, to be honest with you, Marcus, for a period of time, in the period of time where I was not really sure what I was doing professionally because I'd left my job in marketing, worked with a family business that didn't really work out. Um, that was kind of up in the air. Um, from a relationships perspective, I, I, I was feeling a little bit of turmoil because I, um, I basically liked someone that, and that feeling wasn't reciprocated. And when you're kind of in turmoil over something emotionally, it 100% impacts how you feel physically. And so you're going through all this stuff and you're given a chance to step back and think, what do I need to best serve myself mentally, spiritually, and physically? And you realize how the three are so interconnected. Yeah. And so it was a chance to really step back and think what's important to me, let things go that no longer served me mentally, really let them go. Um, and obviously by that point I had, um, I had met my husband who wasn't yet my husband, but it really solidified our relationship right. and, um, you know, how, how important he was as a priority in my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it really makes you, um, think about priorities and gain some clarity on how to serve those priorities. Cause that's the other thing. I think, I think we all know what our priorities are. Most of us do. Yeah. We all really know what we should be doing when we should be doing it. But if we look at our actions day to day, the two often don't fall in sync with each other. Um, and if you, if you are able to develop, and again, it comes back to mindfulness, self-awareness, constantly checking in to make sure those two are in sync, you know? And I read something the other day that said, we're all quite good at being efficient. You know, we're all quite good at taking the steps up the ladder, but there's not much point if the ladder's up against the wrong wall. <laughs> I like and so, <laughs> I know, mic drop, right? That's so so uh, it's about, you know, it's not just about being efficient all the time. It's not just about getting the tasks done minute to minute, day to day. It's also about constantly coming back to your sense of purpose, I think. Very cool. Well, mate, listen, you know the show because you're a very loyal listener and I appreciate that. And you know, mm -hmm. I always finish with one piece of advice question now you've offered up mm. a lot there and I've, I've probably asked you a lot deeper questions than you're prepared for but you've answered them very well 10 out of 10 but i want to get oh. your one piece of advice mate so if there was one piece okay. of advice the way that you'd wrap everything up that you've learned and you've had a really interesting journey and it's been honestly it's so cool to see how it's unfolded you know even the time that we, we've been in touch and i'm very proud yeah. of what, what you've done mate i think it's awesome and the energy oh, that you've you. spoken with in the last 40 minutes is i can tell that like when i first heard that you moved to the states i was like oh this is just wild what's she doing and, yeah. you know but the way that you've spoken about it in the last 40 minutes it's it's just it's amazing so you've obviously learned a lot along the way so what is yeah. your one piece of advice for us um piece of advice would be whether you're in the health wellness industry or not is to stay authentic stay true to what 
you are and what you believe your true self is. And if you, if you haven't identified that, then work on identifying it. And if you don't feel like you're doing what's in line with those values and that set of characteristics, take the steps to change it because you can, you can take micro steps every day to change it. Um, And if you are your true authentic self, it will shine through. And, you know, getting up in the morning won't be an effort. It won't be a slog. It will just, it just becomes your flow, your life flow. You know, we're not just flowing on the mat. It's just, it's all flow. Um, And, you know, I see, I see a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm quite active on social media, but I'm very mindful about how much I engage with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'd say there's one person on there that I regularly keep up to date with because I just want to know what he's up to, and that's my brother. Right. But everyone else, I'm just, I'm not that fussed. And I, I know some people that don't really post much on social media but they could be professional stalkers if they wanted to be (laughs) and it's just like what are we actually doing here you know I would also say if you're gonna if you're gonna use social media as a platform it can be great but be authentic with it just let that shine through and the rest will take care of itself amazing mate you're a champion I've taken a lot of your time and for folks that are listening, this is the third time we tried to do this show and I think it's worked. <laughs> I'm just, it has. As we said before we started recording, the only thing that could go wrong is that uh, the file doesn't work. But mate, thank you so much. So much good value there. I'm excited already. Thank to you so much, Marcus. This show and Honestly, super awesome. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes for everybody. I'll put Annika's Yoga for the Athlete, which is Instagram stroke Yoga for the Athlete. I'll also put that show that you spoke about with Alex Castro. It was 430. And it was oh, yeah. Two, yeah, almost two, two years ago coming yeah. May. Uh, in, incredible guy, really incredible guy. And I'm sometimes in touch with him still now. So that's I'm going to Good. put a, a link to that. But, mate, thank you so much. We'll stay in contact. You've definitely given me a lot to think about, and I'm, I'm just super stoked to know you and for, for what you've done. So thank you. Oh, likewise, Marcus. You're an absolute legend. Thank you for having me.